0: Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash DT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And it is always my honor and my privilege to be able to share with you very special conversations. We've had over a thousand different guests on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora in our time, and we continue to grow that number. We continue to bring the names on that we appreciate, we respect, and we love telling everybody's story. And one of those stories we get to tell every week is Marvin Graves. Marvin Graves played quarterback for Syracuse. He wore number five. He did it back in the you know late 80s, early 90s time period, and in 1991, the team started out 4-0. The last time that they had done that was that year, Since and then they've done it this year, 17 years later. So Marvin Graves has been able to be connected to the success of this Syracuse team historically in a really kind of interesting and fun way, and he's here with us today to speak on the Syracuse Orange heading into the Camping World Bowl and so much more. Marvin, how are we doing today? Oh man, doing great, doing great.
1: Um, the sun is actually shining down here in DC. It's pretty cold, but sun is shining, so it's it's
0: all good, man. And, and I got to ask you, Marvin, you're a Redskins fan. I am. I mean, you're in the DC area, Washington DC area, and you know, obviously, I've covered the Jaguars for you know on site, on location, for the better part of a decade, and been connected with the team since they came into the league in 1995, 96. So. Our teams played each other over the weekend. I was at the game at TIAA Bank. I was in the locker room after the game. What can you tell me about that very ugly, strange game where your fourth string quarterback and Adrian Peterson were able to pull it off? Um, it was a, it was a a great win for the
1: Redskins. Um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen from this point forward, but. You know, we've had a rough season uh, with a lot of injuries, um, at least 17 or 18 injuries. Um, that been, and there was a lot of promise, you know, with this season. We were sitting uh, in first place somewhere around the midpoint and then, you know, kind of went on a losing streak, lost, you know, two quarterbacks. Um, we're playing without fourth quarterback, So um, it was a great win for us. But when I look at you guys, You know, it it just shows that from year to year um, that the NFL is very, very competitive and um, there is opportunities for guys that um, are maybe a backup or, you know, sitting on the couch somewhere and just didn't get the opportunity that there's a chance that you can come out and play and make an impact. So I saw a lot of talent on the field. It's just, you know, the league is just, it's changing. You know, a lot of teams are are getting better. You know, sometimes matchups, you know, favor one team a little better than um, another team. And I just, I thought it was a good football game. I thought the guys played hard. And, um, you know, I think both teams will be a
0: lot better next year. We look at the fact that the Redskins are still alive in the playoff hunt. You're at the Titans and then home against the Eagles in the final game of the regular season. But there is still life there the Cowboys are 8 and 6, the Eagles are 7 and 7, the Redskins are 7 and 7. If the Redskins are to defeat the Eagles and win both of their games, you know, it stands to reason that if they finish 9 and 7 and the Cowboys falter anywhere within this that they could still take the division. They need some help, but what are your thoughts on still being alive in the NFC East right now?
1: Um I think after everything that's gone on with the Redskins this year, um, it doesn't look favorable. But, you know, again, sometimes, you know, this time of year, anything can happen. So, you know, this week our focus is um, going down to Tennessee and playing a tough Tennessee team that just shut out the New York Giants. And, you know, that'll be a tall time. But what I do know about the Redskins is we played against – we've played against the top backs in the league. We played against the top uh, quarterbacks in the league. We played against the tough defenses. So I I think we're battle tested. And I think, you know, at this time of the year, you know, you want to be playing meaningful meaningful games. And I think, you know, right now we're playing playoff games. So uh, it's a long shot, but, you know, I feel like um, if if we can win this weekend, then, you know, who knows what's going to happen. I think Dallas has a, a a tough schedule. Tampa lost last week, so I don't think that's going to be an easy win for Dallas. And if you look at the Eagles, you know, they they have uh, a a couple tough games as well, and and they finish off with us. So, it'll be great to go down to uh, the last game of the season and be playing the Eagles to actually have a chance to get in the playoffs. I think Minnesota may have to lose one, which I think they will. Um, And I believe there's a couple other teams, so Um, it's just good to be playing a meaningful game at this time of year despite what happened to us.
0: What can you say? Speaking here with Marvin Graves, a former Syracuse quarterback and, and obviously talking about the NFL a little bit here this morning, I want to go around the league a little bit. The Houston Texans right now, believe it or not, are in second place in the AFC. The Houston Texans, if the playoffs started today, the Houston Texans would be the number 2 seed. They would have a first round bye over the New England Patriots and they would have the opportunity to, you know, obviously play at home and enjoy and enjoy being down in Houston for their games for the most part. And at the same time, they would be, you know, sitting out that first with the Kansas City Chiefs. What do you think about that? Right now the Chiefs are still in first in the AFC with 2 weeks to go. And the Houston Texans are in second place. They have 10 wins, and the Patriots have now lost a couple games in a row. Thoughts on that, Marvin?
1: Uh, I think it's great. I think it's great for football. Um, I mean, obviously, being uh, an African American quarterback, you know, I watched Deshaun Watson bounce back from uh, his gruesome injury last year, and he's, you know, playing at a very high level. I think it's a very dangerous team because I think Deshaun Watson, you know, once they get in the playoffs, I think you'll see a little bit more from him. He does take a lot of sacks, um, which I think could be their downfall, but if they can correct that, where he can get rid of the ball or uh, show up the offensive line a little bit, I think Houston is a very dangerous team with a very good defense.
0: Yeah, and when we see this this Houston team – and, and the success that they've been able to have. I mean, Deshaun Watson obviously helping them out, but they're in a division where they've been able to win it the majority of the time in recent history because of the Jaguars faltering, and if the Colts have a bad moment, and the Tennessee Titans being good but not great. What can you say about Houston? Are they battle-tested in your opinion coming out of the AFC South? That do they Do they have a shot in this thing realistically? How do you look at them?
1: Well, I think that they- I think they do have a shot. Um, you know, I think, I think you know, they have a, a fairly – a pretty good defense. And I just feel like, you know, with a guy like Deshaun Watson, you got a receiver in, uh, Hopkins. There's some other young guys over there, you know, that can play football. You got uh, Demarius Thomas from the Denver Broncos on the team. And then, you know, you got a two-headed monster at running back, uh, Lamar Miller.
0: And uh, – Who's the other back? I can't think of it right now. Um, they have Alfred Blue. Deontay Foreman's been there, but he's been hurt a lot. So
1: Yeah, so, you know, Blue is a is a veteran guy. He's a young guy, but he's a veteran. So um, I do believe that they can run the ball. You have Deshaun Watson, who can also, you know, run the ball, running the, the, the zone read stuff and the RPO stuff, so it puts pressure on the defense. So I definitely think that, um, they are battle tested. It's hard to, you know, go on a seven or eight game winning streak in the NFL, and that's something that they've proven this year that they can do. And you know, I really do think that, you
0: know, once they get in, they they're a team that can cause some havoc. The New England Patriots. We look at their schedule right now. Speaking here with quarterback Marvin Graves, played for Syracuse, had tremendous success with Syracuse, and moved on from there to do some. Pretty amazing things in the football world and outside of the football world. I know that Marvin is one of those guys that puts the puts the, you know, the feet to the pavement every single day, and I appreciate and I respect somebody that's blue collar as you know, you're looking at another blue collar on the other end of this phone right now. The New England Patriots have had struggles. In their last five games, they've lost three of them. They lost to the Titans by getting blown out thirty-four to ten. They defeated the Jets big whoop twenty-seven to thirteen. They defeated the Vikings, which affected the Vikings so far in their playoff hunt this season somewhat. 24-10, to 10, they won that game. Then they lost to, at the Dolphins and at the Steelers. They have the Bills and the Jets to end the season, so the thought is they should get to 11-5, and five, but they've lost three out of five games. What are your thoughts on the New England Patriots and, and obviously their struggles playing on the road as they've lost three out of the last five games and three out of four games on the road in these last five?
1: Well, to be honest with you, I, I just think um, New England has been a little inconsistent over the past uh, few games. New England has a target on their back. They're one of the best teams in the league, so they're going to get everyone's best shot because, you know, they've been, you know, Super Bowl champs. They've been division champions for years. I mean, they're one of the one of the best, if not the best, um, Organizations in the NFL. So, to be honest with you, I'm really not concerned about New England uh, shoring things up. I think that the mistakes that they're making are, are mistakes that Villachek and the coaching staff can correct. And, you know, I, I just think New England is always um, a team that can, can go to the Super Bowl when you have Tom Brady. So, um, you know, those things that uh, they've been inconsistent with over the last. I would say four to five weeks. Um, those are those are things that they can fix. And you know, I was pretty surprised to see those guys lining up against the Pittsburgh Steelers and playing a lot of man-to-man defense. So they have talent uh, in New England, and they have a coaching staff that can scheme up anyone. So I'm I'm not concerned about where they are right
0: now. When we look at them, though, we look at their struggles. They they seem to be that dog in the street, so to speak, that's whimpering, and then when you get really close to it, it's foaming at the mouth and it's rabid. That's that's kind of what this feels like. It feels like a trap. It feels like the help me, help me, I'm helpless, and then they hit you. Do you get that sense again this season, or are Tom Brady and, and the Patriots kind of losing a little bit of Mojo, so to speak. Are they are they that are they playing dead right now, but actually very dangerous? Or do you think that maybe there's some teams in the AFC that are better right now? Well, I think it's
1: really a combination of both. And um, you know, Tom Brady's getting getting older, um, but they they have a lot of talent in New England. And I just feel like the AFC teams have have gotten a lot better. There's a lot of parity in the AFC. A lot of different teams bring a lot of different things to the table you know you look at the Baltimore Ravens you know they're running the RPO stuff the Delaware wing team with Lamar Jackson you know they rushed for over 200 yards last week against the Buccaneers you still have Flacco who's who's available so um I think they could be a problem Their defense is really good look at the Kansas City Chiefs and their offense and what they can do um you know Pittsburgh is still in the mix um, and, and let's not forget about the the, the Los Angeles Chargers. So um, there's a lot of parity in the AFC, and it's going to, you know, really be interesting, and I think going to be a really exciting playoff uh, for us as fans to actually watch and see how it unfolds.
0: And speaking here with Marvin Graves, Syracuse quarterback in their history and a big part of the record books of Syracuse quarterback history. As well, speaking on the NFL before we get into some Syracuse love in in just a little bit here in the first hour of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora here on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. The live feed you can also pick up by going to the homepage of WakeUpCallDT.com. One of those teams, before we flip to the NFC, and we got some questions here on Adrian Peterson and, and on the Detroit Lions that we'll get to, but the Baltimore Ravens. Now, I said that Lamar Jackson would eventually be the starter on the team this year. I said that... Lamar Jackson could help them win games, and I thought Lamar Jackson was, you know, and when you bring in Mark Andrews as a new tight end, you bring in Hayden Hurst as a new tight end, you bring in Willie Snead fourth, and you bring in John Brown, and you bring in Michael Crabtree as all new wide receivers, and then you have Gus Edwards who's coming up here, and Alex Collins who was returning as a running back on the team, but really this year getting it outright to start the season at least. There was all this newness on Baltimore that I thought you drafted a quarterback. You got back into the first round to draft Lamar Jackson. Why not just start all of it fresh when you bring on instead of bringing in all of these new guys and new faces and saying work with Joe Flacco and then next year we're going to switch everything over to a new offense with Lamar. Switch it all now. See what you could do with it now because Joe Flacco's days, you know, with drafting Lamar Jackson and whatnot, his days are numbered. And he hasn't, I mean, he's a good quarterback, he's won a Super Bowl, but in my opinion, you know, Lamar Jackson, if he's the future of this team, then let him be the future. Now, they waited a little bit on doing that, but since then, they've gone to Lamar, he's 4-1 and one as a starter, with the fact that Joe Flacco could be playing right now, they kept him the starter, so we look at a 4-1 Ravens team that is in the playoffs if they started today and is still in the hunt right now for their division as the Steelers have not locked up the division. They're 8-5-1. and one. The Ravens are 8-6. and six. The Ravens are in the playoffs as a wild-card team right now. They could be in the playoffs in the top four if they take care of business. Your thoughts on Lamar Jackson giving life to Baltimore?
1: Well, Lamar Jackson is is an exceptional talent. We all saw that in college, and you know was waiting and wondering to see how that would transfer in the NFL. I think that you know he has created a spark um, with the Baltimore Ravens. I think that you know the Ravens are able to run the football. Now, you don't want your quarterback, you know, running a whole lot and, and, and taking hits and you know things of that nature, but I think Lamar Jackson is the type of player that, you know, will make those adjustments. He will get better, you know, uh, as far as in the passing game. But to be 4-1, and one, you know, coming off the bench as a rookie, um, I think it says a lot about uh, why the Ravens drafted him. I think it says to me that he's actually a little better than I even thought that he would be in the NFL. I thought it would take, you know, some time, but – you know, to be able to have the ability to run the ball at this time of year, and let's not forget, the guy can throw the football. He can spin it. Um, so it's it's a tough it's a tough way for teams to prepare um, for the Ravens. And I think uh, the Ravens is actually my AFC team. So I'm 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 happy about
0: you know where the Ravens are, and I think they're a sleeper in the AFC. And we look at the fact that Josh Rosen drafted in the first round of the Cardinals he's struggled Josh Allen with the Buffalo Bills they've had their ups and downs we looked at Sam Darnold with the Jets who has been interception happy this season so there's there's been a lot to say about you know the guys out there that have been drafted in the first round and, you know, Lamar Jackson, say what you want to say. Everybody wants to talk about his accuracy and his inability to do this and to do that and do the other thing. But the reality of it all is his team is in the playoff hunt. Baker Mayfield's team, he's not doing bad with the Browns, but, you know, they're more than likely probably not making the playoffs. So, you know, you look at Baker Mayfield and with the Browns' number one pick overall, they're probably not going to the playoffs. Sam Darnold and the Jets are not going to the playoffs. Josh Rosen, not going to the playoffs. Josh Allen, not going to the playoffs. So, Lamar Jackson of the five quarterbacks chosen in the first round of the 2018 NFL draft is the only quarterback that has his team in a position of making the playoffs. And just so people know this, if you want to complain about Lamar Jackson's accuracy, Joe Flacco was 61% accurate. Lamar Jackson's 59%. It's a 2% difference, and Lamar Jackson, on top of that, is averaging 6.6 yards per pass. Flacco was 6.5. The longest pass attempt that Lamar Jackson has is 74 yards. Joe Flacco's was 71. But you add into the fact that their numbers aren't that different when everybody wants to rip Lamar apart. Look at what Lamar's done outside of that. He has run the ball 114 times for 566 yards, and he has three touchdowns on the ground. He has made Gus Edwards become something on this team. Gus Edwards wasn't even on the roster in some people's minds out of Rutgers. But with Lamar Jackson, the 1-2 punch has been worthy of over 1,000 yards already. Five yards a carry for both and five touchdowns between the two of them. So Lamar Jackson's made the rushing attack better. He's made Gus Edwards better. And his numbers with Joe Flacco aren't that off, so why should people complain? I guess it's the un—I guess it's uneducated comments on people that just want to ride a bandwagon and say that this man can't throw the ball and he can't help a team win because he's four and one, his accuracy is almost snake eyes with Joe Flacco, and he's a better runner. Well, I, I just think that's that's
1: just the world that we live in. Um, Lamar Jackson is—he's not your conventional uh, quarterback um, where he can, you know, right now drop back and, you know, go through his progressions and, um, you know, make the throws. Um, his abilities are what they are. And, you know, I, I don't look at, you know, things like that. My thing is I look at the intangibles, you know, can the guy make, make guys better? Like you said, he, he's made Gus, um, Johnson a lot better, you know, a running back that no one really knew about. Um, and that's because he's a threat on the edge. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that, that that knows how to win. And you know, sometimes you're not going to have you know prototypical guys that fit the mode that we all are used to um, to having that that win ball games. You know, you go back and look at Tebow. You know, we weren't used to seeing a guy like Tim Tebow. Um, play quarterback in the NFL but the guy won won some football games and won a huge playoff game so um you know that's just the world we live in uh, the bottom line is wins and losses and the kid is is four and one and to be honest with you um, he could be five and0 because i feel like they gave the game to uh, the kansas city chiefs
0: Yeah, so I mean we look we look at and and again the only game that he's lost, the game that you were talking about at Kansas City was an overtime game. So he's four and one with the one loss being an overtime against the Kansas City Chiefs. So a lot of respect and a lot of positivity coming for Lamar Jackson should be coming for Lamar Jackson. And if nobody else is going to give it to him, then we will here this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. We're hanging out with Marvin Graves. Marvin, we have we have a Detroit Lions uh, fan that is that is very upset. We have our resident Lions fan uh, Johnny that listens here in the Central New York community. He's not happy. He's very confused with his team. They're five and nine at the bottom of the NFC North. That's already been won by the Chicago Bears. We've seen this. Detroit Lions team lose to the Jets and lose to the Niners we've seen them defeat the Patriots by 16 points we've seen them lose a close one of the Cowboys beat the Packers beat the Dolphins and then you know obviously uh, being in a place right now where they have lost six of their last seven games which is a very very nasty streak for this team losing six of seven here or, or pardon me lost six of their last eight games. They did defeat the Panthers and the Cardinals in this stretch. What are your thoughts on the Detroit Lions? Because they have Matt Stafford. They have wide receiver talent. They drafted on Johnson out of Auburn. There should be some success here. Matt Patricia took over, and he's got a defensive mind. Why is this team losing against the bottom feeders of the NFL?
1: Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty surprised at, uh, where Detroit is right now, Dan, but I mean, again, you know, you look around the league, you look at Chicago who, you know, you look at a guy like Mitchell Trubisky, who, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, a kid only started one year at North Carolina and you know, the bears draft him and in year two, these guys are division winners. Um. You look at what's going on with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Um, it, it's not surprising because I just think the league is a lot better now. I think a lot of teams are good football teams. I think a lot of teams um, are getting the right coaches, are getting the right players. And I just think Detroit is just falling in that situation where um, they, they just had no good luck this year. Kind of like the Redskins, even though we're in Jacksonville, even though we're still in the playoff hunt. But um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I tell you what, I would love to have Matthew Stafford here with the Redskins and, and, and quarterback in our team. So, um, I, I just I can't believe that they were that bad, to be honest with you. I really thought that they would be a team that could be um that team that's in the hunt or possibly even compete for the division. And um, I, I, I just don't know. I don't know if they have to start all over, but I'll tell you what, Matthew Stafford is a good quarterback, and I don't know if his time is up in Detroit, but we'd love
0: to have him down here in D.C. <laughs> so, you don't know if, it's, if his time is done in Detroit, but they love to have him in D.C. That's the craziness of it all, is that Matt Stafford, you know, you, you, think, you think of Matt Stafford, you think success. You think okay well he's got to be winning. Aaron Rodgers got to be winning. You know, these got Ben Roethlisberger got to be winning. Tom Brady got to be winning. But Matt Stafford and this, and this Detroit Lions team is just not getting it done. They're not having success. They you know, they've changed their coaching staff. The Jets said that they didn't change any plays from the last coaching staff, so maybe that's the issue in this first season with Matt Patricia that they that calls the signals look exactly the same, but you know at the end of the day this Lions team, the best they could be is seven and nine, and that's sad to see. Also, the fact of getting rid of Golden Tate and uh, and seeing and seeing the difference in that. Were you surprised at that? Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones Jr., Golden Tate all seem to find life together on this team. They, you know, Kenny Galladay was drafted to the Lions, but Golden Tate coming to the Lions and Marvin Jones Jr. coming to the Lions, they got better and they've been trending up. They had this great trio of, or pretty good trio, I should say, of receivers, and they let Golden Tate go, and then Marvin Jones been injured, and Kenny Galladay's had some success. But ultimately, are you surprised that they let go of Golden Tate where it looked like they finally had a nice stable of wide receivers?
1: I am surprised at that move. And um, I thought Golden Tate was a guy that made those other guys better. Um, he, he, was a, uh, he was the number one guy there. Um, and the chemistry with those guys, I mean, especially from a fantasy standpoint, oh, I had to get somebody from Detroit, uh, on, every week and to see go to take go. I think he landed in a good spot, but you know, that kind of made me scratch my head. So there's some things going on behind the scenes in, in Detroit that, you know, maybe we don't know about. Um, but you know, I, I, I I'm just really surprised, man. I know uh, Matthew Stafford is having a tough year. Detroit's having a tough year. Uh, I think their rookie running back, Johnson, went down. So, um, it it just, I think, again, it just speaks to the parity of the NFL. I think we have a lot of good football teams in the NFL. We have a lot of good players. And um, I just think we have to get used to this type of deal. Look at the Atlanta Falcons. Um, So, uh, we have we have a lot of good football that's being played uh, in the NFL, and it's teams that we didn't expect to actually have the success. So I think it's good for the
0: league. Yeah, we're looking at the NFC right now with New Orleans Saints currently at the top, twelve and two. The Rams second, eleven and three. The Bears third, ten and four. Three teams with ten wins, or with a, yeah, with at least ten wins, and then the Cowboys are right behind that. And then the Seahawks and the Vikings, the Eagles not out of it, the Skins not out of it. Believe it or not, the Panthers aren't out of it either right now. But to get back to your Skins and Adrian Peterson, he had 15 carries for 24 yards in the game against the Jaguars before the last drive, where the Jaguars allowed him more yards, 27, than he had the whole game, 24, and they were able to kick a field goal with three seconds left. What are your thoughts on Adrian Peterson? The man looks like he has more life. It looks like shoulder injuries and ankle injuries. It looks like you can't keep the man down. He seems to have that fire and that fervor and that desire and that want to to play through all the pain. What do you think about Adrian Peterson right now? I think
1: AP, um, you know, when we had guys go down um, in the preseason, um, you know, and we were kind of left with, wow, like, you know, we got Chris Thompson, but, you know, he's coming back off injury. We had Capri Bibbs. We had a few other guys in camp, so we were kind of looking like, wow, who's going to be uh, Perrine, you know, was here. But we were looking at, wow, who's going to be, you know, our back. Like, I really felt like we had some good backs, but, you know, the guys that, you know, we had going into the season, I really wasn't confident that uh, they would be a threat. I think they would be serviceable. Um when AP arrives, he's been he's been a, a a pleasant pleasant surprise. He's been a, a veteran leader that not only um, has the history and the stats to show that he's good. Adrian Peterson has the work ethic. You know, he plays her. He plays uh, with all his heart. Um, you know, he's a team guy. So I think he brought an attitude to this team. Uh, I even think he sparked the defense um, to play well. When you when you got guys like that that are all for the team, that give you a hundred percent, he's just, he's just been a great addition uh, to the Redskin team. Not only as a football player, but basically as a leader and and one of those guys that that's an extension of the coach uh, on and off the field. Um, I really can't say you know too much nice things about him because you know watching him this year has been been great. The guy's been giving us everything that he has, and that's all that you can ask from a uh, not only a player, but a veteran guy. And I think a lot of people forget that AP, despite the injuries that he's had this year, uh, AP hasn't taken the pounding that he's been taking throughout his career over the last couple of years, so he's a lot healthier than people think he is, and Man, if we could just keep him around next year with with guys coming back, I think we'll have a great uh, not only one two punch, and we still have Chris Thompson. We'll have three three backs, man, that we could be a problem next year.
0: Former Syracuse players seem to have a, a connection to the NFC East, be it the Redskins, be it the Giants, be it the Cowboys, you know, or you know, or be it the Eagles. And I gotta ask you, as a Redskins fan and connected with the Redskins. What are your thoughts about this Cowboys team that didn't look that good, didn't have a number one wide receiver, let Des Bryant go, was the team that needed Des Bryant most, and then fell into Amari Cooper and now they're 8-6, and six, even though they just got shut out by the Titans? What can you say as, as a Skins fan about the Dallas Cowboys and how strange of a season it seemed to have. I mean, it just kind of worked out in Dallas's favor, where it looked like Dallas might win three games this year. They're eight and six right now.
1: Man, uh, you know, it's 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 tough to talk about your your rival team, but um, I'll tell you, man, if you watch the Dallas Cowboys, you know the first thing, you know, the first thing people want to talk about is Zeke Elliott. But you know, I look on the other side of the ball and I look at that defense and I look at those guys up front. And I look at those linebackers flying around. You know, you want to talk about a front seven making your back end better? That's what Dallas has. Their front seven is phenomenal. Uh, They're not, you know, real, real big guys up front, but these guys are strong. They're fast. They can get to the football. They cause havoc. And you got these two young linebackers, man, that are probably two of the best young linebackers in the game. And they're playing way beyond their years. So I think Dallas uh if they do make it into the playoffs i think that's a team you got to watch because you do have zeke elliott um you do have Dak, who's you know still trying to find his way as a quarterback when you lose witten and you lose Dez. you know that's that's all those although those guys are you know towards the end of their career um those are two crucial veteran leaders that you know where they're going to be on the field you know what they're going to bring to the table you know, that's not an easy situation for Dak to adjust to. So getting Amari Cooper has shown that, um, that one, Dallas made a great move in getting them. They've been winning football games since, you know, he's arrived. And um, I, I just think they're a team that if they do make it into the playoffs that on, on any given Saturday or Sunday, you know, this is a team that probably can, can make a run to the Super Bowl. And I firmly believe that um, – the Super Bowl champ will come out of the NFC this year. I think the NFC teams have better defenses, uh, across the board. And I really feel like Dallas is one of those teams with, with a really good defense.
0: Who is the better NFC team? The saints, the Rams or the bears, the bears, the bears, I think
1: because, you know, their defense is phenomenal. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, uh, his upside is, is so great. Um, that, you know, this guy's going to get better with every game that he plays. So, you know, they have some playmakers on offense. um, Two-headed monster running back with a big back in Howard. And you got Cohen, the guy out of NC State, I mean, uh, North Carolina um, A&T, who, you know, those guys come out of, you know, historically black colleges. They come to the league with a chip on their shoulder. And that's how Cohen plays. But that defense, man, it is phenomenal and in in this time of year, you know, defense win championships. And um I think Chicago right now
0: has my vote to be the best team uh, in the NFC. How dumb or stubborn is John Gruden when you see Khalil Khalil Mack go to the Chicago Bears and they become this successful this quick? Well,
1: you know, It looks, it looks bad to me. Um, I don't know, you know, all the particulars of what went on behind the scenes. And, you know, I guess from a coaching standpoint, uh, John Gruden came in and I guess he has to get it like he wants it. And, um, for whatever reason, Khalil Mack, uh, wasn't a part of that. And, you know, I respect him for making a decision to do what he did. Um, You know, I think the Raiders are one of the most disappointing teams of the season uh, when you got a quarterback and and Derek Carr and, you know, some of the weapons that they have even though they lost um, uh, Cooper. But, um, you know, I think it looks bad, man. I think it looks bad. And I think, you know, next year I think John Gruden will be on the hot seat um,
0: if he doesn't come out, you know, winning some ball games next year. And he made all those moves to get draft picks, and I'm sure they're gonna see if those draft picks pan out. And if they don't, then I think that that's John Gruden's—that's gonna be his thing: how he uses those first rounders and how and how it re- and how those those players end up responding with the Raiders, because the Raiders are in last place right now. And I'm gonna ask you this: most surprising team to be at the bottom. Now, these three, these five teams are gonna be in the top five picks. As of right now, the Cardinals, the Niners, the Raiders, the Jets, and the Jaguars—most surprising team to be at the bottom and essentially to be at the top of the 2019 NFL draft. I would, I would have to say,
1: San Francisco. Um, they were the most surprising to me. Granted, I know that they, you know, lost their quarterback. Um, but that, that was the most surprising team to me, and I feel like uh, San Fran will be a team that will bounce back next year um, and be contending for a playoff spot.
0: So not the Jaguars. That was surprising.
1: Yeah, the Jags, um, I, I really like the Jaguars, man. I really like that defense. Um, you know, we talked about it off air. I mean, you guys really have to get a quarterback and. I think you guys have the type of team that you can go out and draft a, a quarterback if that's the route that you go and draft somebody that you got to put in there right away um, and, and rely on your defense and rely on your running game, um, run some play action stuff. Hopefully you get a guy that can extend plays, and I think the Jags will be fine. But, man, until I see you know what you guys are going to do at quarterback, man, I don't know.
0: Yeah, and it's tough. You know, between Mark Brunel, the greatest quarterback in Jaguars history by far, it's been Byron Lefwich, David Garrard, Blaine Gabbert, Blake Bortles, and, you know, now they're Chad Henney, and now they're trying to find that next right fit. They tried to draft a top guy with Gabbert, didn't work out. Tried to draft a top guy with Bortles, and it's not seemingly working out. So they might have to go threefer and hope that third time really is a charm. The Rams and the Chargers. Who's the best Los Angeles team, in your opinion? And they're both 11-3, and three, mind you, to everybody that thinks that the Rams are so good. They're both 11-3 and three right now.
1: Well, if you asked me that about four weeks ago, I might have said the Rams. But, man, if you look at this Chargers team, uh, who's probably outside of the Ravens, I think, has played the Kansas City Chiefs the best. They actually beat them the last time. They played them tough the first time. But, man, uh, me and my buddies were talking about this uh, last week. You know, we're, we're actually pulling for uh, Rivers to actually get a Super Bowl. I mean, that guy's tough, man. Rivers is tough. Um, I think that defense is playing well. Um, uh, they lost uh, Gordon. I'm not sure, is Gordon gone for the year?
0: Well, Melvin Gordon has been going back and forth with injury. The I want to look up his, his most recent report here to make sure we don't have any confliction. But Melvin Gordon, who came back a little bit too soon as they try to rush some guys back, he is currently on the injury report as a questionable for Week 16 against Baltimore with a knee and MCL injury.
1: Yeah, so, you know, they, they, those guys, man... I think that they're the better team as far as uh, team. I think the Rams, I think teams are starting to figure the Rams out. Um, but, but it's a close first. Um, I think the Rams are right there. I mean, man, you got, you got one of the best backs in the league. You got one of the best young quarterbacks in the league and you got one of the best young coaches in the league. So I think their defense has been pretty decent this year. Um, and I think if they do make a run in the playoffs, it will be more so because of the defense giving the offense extra opportunities versus the offense actually going out and, and putting up a lot of points. So I, I would go with the Chargers with that one, but uh, the Rams would be a, a, you know, really close in second.
0: I want to, speaking here with Marvin Graves, former Syracuse quarterback, I want to get to the Orange, just what you're excited about. I mean, obviously, next Monday you and I will be off because it will be Christmas Eve, and, uh, and a happy early Christmas Eve uh, to you and a Christmas to you, Marvin. So what are you most excited about, most looking forward to right after Christmas, three days after Christmas? The Syracuse Orange will be down in Florida where they haven't been in a while to play up against the West Virginia Mountaineers, former former rival inside of the Big East. They're 9-3. They have a lot to be excited about. What are you excited about going into this game? Well, number one, Happy, Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you in advance as well, Dan. Um, I, I'm just excited, one, because
1: I think we've had a great season. Uh, we got a chance to win 10 games. And I'm glad that their starting quarterback in West Virginia is not playing because we're out to get a W. So if that's going to help us get a W, by all means, we want every edge that we can get. Um, I'm also excited about uh, Dano, Dano Babers actually being – fifth. I thought he should have finished a little higher, but you know he finished fifth in uh, coach of the year. Um, I think you know the fact that Syracuse is back on the map. People are talking about us now. Um, you know I'm excited about that. Uh, but most importantly, um, I'm excited for the coaching staff and the players and the fans to actually have this experience of going to a bowl game. Uh, going to a great place like Florida, a warm place, as both of these schools are, uh, you know, winners are, are pretty brutal. So um, I'm just excited for, you know, people that actually had this experience, especially the players, to go down and be able to be down there for, you know, a week or so, and you know, just to get the, enjoy the fruits of, of, of their labor, of, of having a great season and, and having an opportunity to do it one more time, so... Um, I think there's just a lot to be excited about there's a lot to be thankful for and I'm, I'm just happy to that my team is actually going to be on TV uh, during the holidays
0: and you know to to see that success for the Syracuse Orange just just what your words of advice would be to them as as they move forward just your thoughts to them what would you like to say to them if the team was in front of you right now and you were in the locker room what would you say
1: and say, stay hungry. Stay hungry. Stay in tune to you know what what has gotten gotten you to this point. Um, continue um, continue working hard and, and working on uh, your, your deficiencies or, or, or where you lack, why you lost uh, the two games. I'm sorry, the three games that you lost this year, and, and, and continue to stay focused on uh, getting better. Um, I think some teams get complacent uh, when they experience some success, and I really don't see that from uh, the Syracuse organization right now. So, you know, my main thing would be, you know, to stay hungry and to stay focused on, you know, continuing to make this a norm and not just a one-hit wonder deal.
0: That coming from Marvin Graves. Marvin, as always, I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. And God bless to you, as always. You have, you know, this this idea that I had in my head, uh, you know, a few months back, you know, before the season started and, uh, you know, to say, hey, Marvin, I want to do Monday morning quarterback and I want you to be my Monday morning quarterback. And, you know, just your response to it, your positivity toward it, making yourself available from week to week. I honestly can't thank you enough for what you've done and uh, the time that, you know, time is a precious thing that we should all spend wisely. So I can't thank you enough for spending time with us here on the broadcast and and for giving me an opportunity to have one of the greatest Syracuse quarterbacks on the show. Oh, you're
1: welcome, man. And, you know, I appreciate, you know, being on. I'm glad that, you know, we connected and made it happen. And it's, it's been great for me as well. Like I said, you know, Syracuse, Uh, means a lot to me. Uh, They they came and got a kid. Ivan Fears came and got a kid out of Washington, D.C., weighing 168 pounds, and, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world. The people in Syracuse have have always been good to me, uh, from coaches to, to, uh, you know, media people to to alumni, players, former players, and just the people in in Syracuse in general. So uh, it's been great for me, and I wish you and, You know, everyone in the Syracuse uh, area uh, a very safe and happy holidays. And, you know, let's cheer on the orange um, after you get all your Christmas gifts and and dinner in your belly. And, you know, let's cheer cheer them on for for that 10th win.
0: That coming from Marvin Graves once again. Marvin, God bless. Be good. Be well. And I look forward to talking with you soon. Take care, man.